0: joy of the Lord i trade traded my sickness i traded my shame I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord
1: now we say yes Lord
0: We say yes Lord. Yes Lord. Yes, yes Lord Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord Yes. Lord. Yes Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Amen.
1: Say it one more time where he can hear you
0: We say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord, amen. Yes, yes, Lord,
1: amen. God's good, isn't he? And all we got to do is say yes. This is a great easy song. Y'all sing it with us. But mean what you say. When you're asking God to open your eyes, you better mean what you say. Open the eyes of my Lord. Open the
0: We sing Holy, holy
1: Good, he's
0: so good. Is this road your track? What's I can see. see the lights of. See, I can see the lights of lights home. Of home. I, can see I can see him on his throne. On his throne. I'm, too I'm too near, near. to turn, back, turn now. back now. Oh, praise the good to be on this road for glory on this road for glory on this road for
2: How many are so happy you're on that road to glory land tonight, amen? amen. Give God a praise, amen? God is so good, amen. Vicky, I don't know if I'm going to let you have these teenagers back, man. they really serving and worshiping. the Lord, maybe we should feed them more often. <laughs> amen. Well, we wanted, what was that, darling? We should, amen. It's pizza, amen. I'm good with whatever, amen. Amen. Uh, that's something that we want to do, we want to, we talk this week, and we want these teenagers and you guys, adults, seniors, when you come here, it be the best experience of your week. Mm-hmm. And so many worked so hard to get that done. Would you give them a round of applause, amen? <clears throat> Dr. Jeans last night with us is, is tonight, he gets on an airplane, he goes back to Atlanta, Georgia. I think he told Mary that he's booked at a church Sunday uh, about an hour and a half from his home that he'll be driving to to, to preach. So what a blessing, man. How, how many could really say that they hope and pray that they're in the shape that he is in and can serve God like he does? Yeah. And uh, it's just been a blessing, and, and uh, I love you. We ate some Mexican food today, had a good time. We started driving and talking, and we wound up all the way over in Magnolia, and uh, <laughs> and we had a good time, and I, and I think this whole week's been a good time. And tonight's the night we take up our love offering for our revival pastor, and uh, he's been a blessing to you. If your life's been changed, or, uh, I was going to wait till it was over tonight, but I want to tell you, it's going to be good tonight, and we want to take up this offering. We're not going to keep it in the church tonight. And uh, we're going to give this offering to Gene to go along with the last two offerings that we took up. It's expensive to fly. And to get here, there's no tree that grows money. It's all of us. It's all of us doing it together. So if you can put a little bit in tonight as they sing this last song, let's stand and pray over our offering for Pastor Gene tonight. What he sells at that table just goes to missions. This is how he feeds his family, him and his dog Cookie, and he supports missionaries and makes sure that the money gets right in their hands with what God gives him. He's an angel walking among us tonight. It's been good to have him in our house, hasn't it, girl? Uh, Amen. What a blessing. I want to pray. Let's pray. Our men will come and take our offering at this time. Father in heaven, we come before you. Father, we bless this offering, Father, that Pastor Gene has another 88 years spreading your love around the world. Father, we thank you so much that our paths have crossed and how you lined up things. Todd showed up in my driveway one day with a with a song to sing and him and his family never left. and. Several years later, he's asked to sing somewhere, and he includes our band, Lord. Our band goes over, our sound guys go over, and we set things up in a church that we've never been to hear a pastor that we would never heard. I met Dr. Gene that night, and I'm forever grateful that he came to Caney Creek Cowboy Church, the best church in the world. And, Lord, we just ask that tonight the teenagers would listen, and the whole church would be attentive. that we, too, may serve the Lord for 88-plus years. Don't you quit, God, because he didn't quit on you. We love you and we praise you. In his holy name we pray. Bless this offering. Amen. Amen.
1: Everything aside, just whatever you came in with, just give it to God tonight, and let's just worship Him tonight. Open up your hearts, and your ears, and your soul, just to let Jesus just do what He wants to do with you. Amen. The
3: In my pocket, got it. There's the old back there.
2: Turn him up, there, brother. I got it. Go ahead, speak.
3: Oh, you got to speak. Oh, for God's so love the world that He gave. I-, I need to hear myself a little bit, okay? <laughs> No kidding! I preach to preachers, and I talk preachers. And one of the things they they need to have, they need to be able to hear themselves in order to articulate articulate right. And so, therefore, do your very best to let me hear myself. Okay, back there. Can you hear me back there? Okay. Okay, you hear? All right. All right. Hey, I I tell you what. It's uh, wonderful to be in this church. Amen. (laughs) What a joy! Shut up. <laughs> what a joy it's been to really be in this church and to be with the pastor and his wife and his family. And i tell you what, it's good to be with you folks. It's good for, uh, to have you come up and say, uh, God bless me and uh, through your ministry. And, and, you know, if you got a blessing at all, God was the one that gave it to you. Amen. Yeah. So I, I, I'll tell you what, I want to read a story in the Bible about me. Did you know that Jesus gave a story about me? It's found in the 15th chapter of Luke. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me there to the 15th chapter, uh, uh, with the 15th chapter of Luke, and we're going to begin reading with the 11th verse of that particular chapter, Luke, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to begin reading there with that uh, 15th chapter and the 11th verse. Jesus is speaking there, and he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance and riotous living. And when he had spent all, there rose a famine in that land, and it began to be in want. And when he joined himself to the citizens of that country, and he sent them into his fields to feed swine, and would fain to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my father's have read enough and despair? and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants and he rose and came to his father but when he was yet a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and the son said unto him father i've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us be merry, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. Notice, he was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. This is a story of me. But this is a story Of the rebellion of a sinner. This young man said, I tell you what, my daddy doesn't know what is going to make me happy. My dad doesn't, uh, even if he knows what will make me happy, he doesn't know what will make me happy. I think I know what will make me happy, and so therefore, I want to be my own boss. I don't want him to be my boss anymore. I don't want to be under him anymore. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be my own boss. I want to leave with what's coming to me. And dear friends, I did that one day too. I said, I don't care what God says. God made me and God has certain things for me, but I don't care what God says. I want to do what I want to do. And that's the very center of what sin is. Every time we sin, we're saying, I want to do what I want to do. I don't care what God says. I want to do what I want to do. I never shall forget the first time I realized how sinful I was. I never shall forget. I actually. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, he tried to. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: Amen. I want them to hear me back there. Amen. Uh, you want me to preach through that thing there? Amen. All right. I, I, You all understand, don't you? Yeah, I, 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 can, I can wait just a minute. Can you turn this on? There you go. Okay. Hey, can you hear me better? All right. I, was, uh, I guess you heard me say that, that this is a story of the rebellion of a sinner. That's me. I never shall forget when I first did this. I was uh, living on the corner of uh, D- uh, Dallas and Crawford, and uh, in the, what they call the Charles Apartments, and I uh, apartments. And I went down uh, the street from there to a drugstore, and I looked to the drugstore, all those wonderful things in there, and I said. Uh, to myself, man, I said, man, I tell you what. Look at all these nice, wonderful things. And I saw a pair of binoculars. And I said, boy, if I just had those, I could be happy. Man, I could play. I could play scout. I could play army. I could play navy. All the guys would like to play with me because I would have the binoculars and they wouldn't have binoculars. I tell you what, I'm just going to take them. But then I remembered it was against the will of my parents for me to steal. I also remembered it was against the law for me to steal. Also, remember it was against the will of God for me to steal. And I said in my heart, I don't care what God says. God doesn't know what will make me happy. These will make me happy. If I have these, I, I have a good time. I don't think God cares about me. And so, if therefore, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I took the binoculars and I took them, and they didn't even see me take them. And I went on home with them and I got caught there. My Aunt Frances caught me with them and took me by the ear. Anyone want to do that to you? Well, I tell you, she took me by the ear, twisted my ear, and marched me back to the proprietor of that store, and I gave them back. But even though I gave the binoculars back, that day I rebelled against God. That day I said, I want to do what I want to do, and you did the same. Maybe you stole something. Maybe you cheated on a test. Maybe you popped your brother. Maybe you stuck out your tongue at your sister. Maybe you, maybe you just disobeyed your parents. Or maybe, maybe it is you cheated on a test. Or maybe you told that lie. Or maybe you used God's name in vain. Later on, you did things like lust and envy and covetousness and, and jealousy and all those kinds of things. The fact is, you put other things before God in your life. You remember. How many of you here can say, as far as I know, I'm just about perfect. I have never sinned. Raise your hand. Now, dear friend, I understand. (laughs) We got one guy here. Boy, he hasn't uh, sinned. But uh, how many of you say, yes, I have sinned. I have sinned. You see, this is the story of the rebellion of a sinner. This is the story of you and me. This is also the story of of the ruin of a sinner. For you see, the Bible says here in relation to this fellow, and uh, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance in riotous living. Man, he had a good time, he thought. While we find out, uh, as his brother accused him, he uh, spent all that money on prostitutes. He spent all that money and wasted it. And I can just say, man, as he came in that... Wonderful, beautiful chariot, and that uh, all those beautiful horses. And I, I, I can just see uh, those people looking at him in that far country. Boy, look at that guy, he's got a lot of stuff. He's got a, look, look at his clothes, man. He really is something. He really, listen, he must be rich. And so he begins to, you know, spend his money and introduce the guys and the gals, and he begins to have a great time. And all the time, he's wasting his substance, all the time, he's wasting that which. Have been given to him and dear friend that's what sin does sin will waste every good thing God has ever given to you sin will mar your face yes sir sin will mar your face I never shall forget I was in San Antonio Texas one time and they were having a, a, a meeting of all those in AA in that area And I love those people that are trying their very best to overcome uh, that stuff. But I tell you what, I, I, I I, I looked at their faces and I saw the mark of drunkenness, the mark of using all that liquor all the time. And it affected their face. Lust will affect your face. Rebellion, I've seen girls that had that rebellion on their face. Because they saw that they could be rebellious against their parents. And they got that set look on and it affects your face. Sin will destroy your body. I know guys that said, oh, I'm just going to go down to the border for one night. And one night their bodies were uh, racked with disease. And they are uh, ruined because of sin will ruin your body. Sin will destroy your marriage. Sin will destroy your home. Sin will destroy your relationship with your children. Sin will ruin a nation. And so, therefore, every good thing God has ever given to you and to me, sin will ruin. But also, you know, when it looks like the ruin of a sinner. Not only is it true that, that he wasted his substance, but, uh, when, but, but he became empty. Look, look what it says here. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And you see that he was empty. He was looking for something to eat. He began to be in want. And the fact is, uh, sin brings emptiness. And therefore, those things that will bring joy and peace and satisfaction into your life and victory into your life, those things will be eliminated because of sin. And you'll be empty, looking for something to satisfy. And so that's the reason you say, if I just had a better job. Or if I just had a better home. Or if I just had a better wife. Or if I just had a better husband. Uh, I'm going to change things. And you can change get another family, another wife, another husband. All of that, dear friend, and still there will be emptiness. Because only Jesus can satisfy the soul. So therefore you understand. Emptiness it comes because of sin, but also uh, uh, slavery. For the Bible says here, uh, and uh, he would fill his belly with the huff that swine did eat. But wait a minute, uh, in the 15th verse there it says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and, was sent, and sent him into a field to feed swine. Here's a guy that's going to be his old boss. My daddy's not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what he says. Look at him now. He's not free. He's a slave. A slave to a foreigner. Now, a Jewish lad does not want to work for anybody else. To be a slave is as low down as you can get. But to be a slave to a foreigner is about as low down as a Jewish lad can get. And therefore, dear friend, I know that you understand how it was when this guy said, I will be what I want to be, and he didn't get to be that. He didn't get to be free. He became a slave, and you become a slave to the very sin you think you can control. That alcohol, that dope, that lust, that adultery, that pornographic literature, that stuff on television, that stuff in your computer, it's pornographic. You become a slave to that and i guarantee you the person that thinks he can be the boss over the slave the boss over the sin that very fellow begins to be the slave to the very sin he thought he could rule and run dear friend that's the way it is with sin that's exactly what happened here he had to join himself to a citizen of that country and notice what it says here he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he was fain to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him and I'll tell you what he's looking for something to eat he's empty, looking for something and he's a slave to that sin and it goes on to say uh, that when he spent all there rose a mighty of famine in that land and it began being wanted the Bible says that that uh, when he came to himself, he said, how many hard servants of my fathers have read enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. In other words, if it stayed in that hog pen, he would have died. Sin brings death. For you see, the Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that. Shall he also reap? Oh, listen, the Bible says also things like, uh, you know, uh, that uh, the, the, the the liar shall go to hell, but all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if you've told lies, if you've been, uh, if you've cheated in some way, if you've done these things, then you deserve to go to hell. And if that guy had stayed there in that hog pen, the very ruin of sin is. Finally, a person with that sin in his life that never comes to the Lord will die and go to hell, which is the second death. But the Bible indicates that hell is the second death. And so you will experience the second death, which is hell, if you stay in that hog pen of sin. Now listen, let me tell you something. The Lord doesn't want you to stay there. He didn't send you there. You chose to be there. And it's up to you to come back to him. And I want you to understand this is the story of the rebellion of a sinner. And it's the story of the ruin of a sinner. But praise God, it's also the story of the return of a sinner. Now, friend, uh, every, every good thing God ever gave to you, sin will ruin. But if you'll yield to the Lord, I guarantee you there's a way to return to him. Now, you say, what do I need to do? There are two words that you need to remember. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Oh, let's all say it together. Young people, lead them in saying it together. Read it now. Repent and believe. Say it again. Repent and believe. See, a lot of people leave out repentance. They say if you just believe that Jesus died on the cross and that he's the son of God, you'll be saved no dear friend. That's just believing facts about Jesus. That's not trusting him to do anything for you. That's just believing facts about him. But also in addition to that kind of thing, people don't understand what repentance is. Repentance is a change of attitude. Now listen carefully. I've heard people say repentance is a change of mind. Well, you see, in America, people change their mind all the time. And that doesn't mean they repent. I changed my mind about what shirt I was going to wear tonight. I do have another shirt. And so I could have worn that other shirt. And, but I, I wore this shirt. Uh, you see, I change my mind all the time. I, I change my mind about what I'm going to eat. I change my mind about where I'm going to go. I change my mind about what kind of thing I want to do. All times I change my mind. And, you know, people change their mind all the time. That does not mean they've repented. It's a change of attitude. You see, when an airplane is flying along, there's that, altitude. That's how, how, how far above the, uh, the, the surface of the earth a person is, uh, especially sea level. And, uh, uh, but, but there's also, in addition to uh, altitude, there's attitude. Attitude has to do with how the nose is. If the nose is going up, the nose is going down. And, friend, your attitude toward God, as you have a bad attitude toward God, I want to be my own boss. I don't want him to be the God of my life. I want to do what I want to do. That's a bad attitude. Change your attitude. And that's exactly what you need to do. And also when you change your attitude, you, you know what he said? He said, I I'm going to go to the Father and say, Father, I have sinned. Now, first of all, he thought he deserved all he got. He wanted to be his own boss. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. And he rebelled against God, and his life was ruined. But you know what? He actually came to the Father and said, I have sinned. Part of repentance is to change your attitude toward your sin and that you're willing to say, I have sinned. And, friend, you change your attitude toward yourself when you say, yes, I agree with God. I have sinned. Sin. Let me ask a question. Are you willing to admit you've sinned? All of you that admit that you have sinned, would you raise your hand? Hands down. But now in addition to that, notice something else that this fellow said. I will arise and go to the Father and will say, Father, I've sinned. And the 19th verse got it open there. And it says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. No more worthy. You see, the thing is, a lot of people say, yes, I've sinned, but I don't think I've ever done anything bad enough to go to hell. You ever heard of that, preacher? I know I've sinned, but I don't think I've ever done anything bad enough to go to hell. Well friend, he said, I've sinned, and I'm not worthy. And part of repentance is to admit that you're not worthy. I am going to go to heaven. One of these days, soon, if the Lord tarries, I'm going to be taken up, and I'll be with the Lord. And I guarantee you, dear friend, I will have to say, if I got what I deserve, I'd be in hell. Praise the Lord for saving me. I'm not worthy of heaven, but praise your name, Lord. I'm saved, praise God, not because I deserve it, not because I'm worthy, but even though I am not worthy, I want you to know I am saved by the Lord Jesus, though I'm not worthy. And uh, anyone that thinks he's worthy has never repented. Real repentance includes a change of attitude toward yourself and that you've sinned, but also a change of attitude toward your sin in that you realize that you are not worthy. But you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, I realize that I've sinned and I deserve hell, and I realize that, that I'm not worthy, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to get worthy. When you see me hit that aisle, boy, I'm going to live it. I'm not going to be like these people that are hypocrites. When you see me hit that aisle, I'm going to live it. Well, first of all, most of those guys that say that never hit the aisle because they know they can't live it. In addition to that, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to try my best to work real hard, I feel pretty good, and try to obey God as much as I can so that I will be worthy. You know what this guy said? He said, I am no more worthy. In other words, he was saying, I never will be worthy. Amen. I will never be worthy. When I get to heaven, I want to say, Lord, if I got what I deserved, I go to hell. And I am not worthy, and I never will be worthy. The only way in the world I could be saved is because my Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for me, took my place, and I trusted him. He saved my soul. I am not worthy and never will be. Repentance means a change of attitude towards self. And that you're willing to say, I've sinned, I'm not worthy, and I never shall be worthy either. Now also, he had faith. You say, where's that faith? He got up and came to the Father. You see, coming to Jesus is the way to express your faith. It isn't just believing facts. It isn't by joining the church. It is about being baptized. It is about turning over a new leaf. It is about trying your very best to be good, to be worthy. No, actually, you used to come to Jesus. He kind of came to the Father. That's what he was doing when he was going toward the Father. And I want you to understand the way you express your faith in Christ to save you is to come to Him, and ask Him, and to forgive you and save you and really mean that you ask Him to save you and do it, and I guarantee you, He'll do it. And I want you to know there's only one way for you to be saved, and that is by Jesus. And you get saved by coming to Him and trusting Him to be your Savior. Now, listen carefully. Notice also, I've talked about the ruin of a sinner in addition to the rebellion of a sinner. I've talked about the return of a sinner. I want you to notice one more thing, and that is the reception of the sinner. Notice what it says here. Uh, uh, he arose and came to the father. When it was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fed on his neck and kissed him. You know that father was looking for him. God's looking for you. He's looking for you. Uh, and that day and time, he was probably on the housetop looking for his son that he loved so much that had rebelled had left and, and 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 my my dad is probably on the front porch looking for someone to come but in our day might be using the internet amen and try, try use the computer looking for our son that rebelled and is gone but now he's coming back and I can see that father in that day and town looking at that guy coming and he said to himself oh look at that guy he's uh, he, he's got rags on. He couldn't be my son. When he left here, he had beautiful clothes on. And, and he had a chariot and, and two black stallions and all that stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, look at that guy. He's walking. He's limping. Looks like he's, He looks like he's about to die. He, he looks like he had not eaten in years and years. And, man, I tell you, that, that couldn't be my son. But, you know, it looks like my son. He looks like my son. And he ran And fell on his neck, and what did he do? He kissed him. Now, look, that guy had all that hog stuff all over his face. He had all that hog stuff in his clothes. And here this this father ran and grabbed him and hugged him and kissed him. Can you imagine kissing somebody that's got all that hog stuff and all that uh, that stuff that hogs have gone over, all that mud and all that stuff all over? Have you ever smelled a hog? Have you ever smelled about a hundred thousand hogs? Well, maybe a thousand hogs in one place when the wind's going the wrong way. (laughs) How many of you know what a hog smells like? Well, I won't today. Listen, this father he knew what a hog smelled like, but he didn't care. God doesn't care what you've done. He'll save you, no matter how filthy and dirty and ugly you be. He'll forgive you and save you, just like this fellow came and. And the father ran to him and kissed him. Man, shake his hand one thing. Maybe hug him another thing. But to kiss him, man, he must have loved him. Amen. God loves you. Yes. And he's willing to forgive you and save you. But notice, he said, uh, said what did he say? He said, um, to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Now, you know what? That was a tunic a particular kind of robe. I looked up the term one time in the, in the Greek. And I came to realize that there are different kinds of words that are used for robes. One is uh, a robe that only a nobleman's son would wear. And that's the word used. That robe was a robe for nobleman's sons. And he was saying, put that robe on him because he's my son. He's not a bond slave. He's my son. He doesn't just work for me. He's my son. And put that robe on him because he is my son I have forgiven him he came back and I forgave him and he's my son in addition to that he said uh, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand that was a signet ring indicating that he belonged to his, th- 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 that son belonged to him and that that son had the signet ring indicating that he had the authority and the power of the Father. And if you want to go buy something using that signet ring, he could do it. Why? Because he had the ring indicating that he was the son of the Father. And I want you to know God will forgive you and make you his child. And you will have the authority that comes by the Lord God, indicating that you belong to him just like this fellow got that signet ring, God will give you the authority to ask things that f- from him, and he will give it to you because you become his child. One more thing. It says here, and, and shoes on his feet. In those days, slaves went barefooted. Only sons wore sandals. And that fellow probably came barefooted. But when he got there, the father said to his best, his his servants, put shoes on his feet. Put those sandals on his feet because he's not a slave. He is my son. And he was forgiven. Not only did he have sonship, but friend, all that comes with it. Instead of being a slave to sin in the hog pen, he came to the Father, and the Father forgave him. And he was received him and he made him a son. And right now, today, the Lord God can forgive you and save you and will forgive you and save you if you'll come to Him. Now, if you want to stay in the hog pen, you'll die and go to hell. For the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it, it shall die. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if you just stay in the hog pen, you'll finally die and go to hell. But if you'll come to the Father through Jesus Christ who died for you, he will not only forgive you, but he will make you his son, his daughter with all the authority and all the power that comes from being a child of God. Wouldn't you like that? Well I'll tell you what, you can choose one or the other. Be a slave and die and go to hell. Or become a son and finally one day go to heaven. Let's bow our heads in prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you can how many of you can say, Preacher, if I got what I deserved, I know I'd go to hell. Raise your hand high. If I got what I deserved, I know I'd go to hell. Raise it high. Because actually, you know, I, I deserve to go to hell. If I got what I deserved, preacher, God God, let him know a long time ago he deserves to go to hell. Hands up if you know you deserve to go to hell. Hands down. How many of you could say, preacher, though I deserve to go to hell, I came to the Lord and he forgave me and saved me? Lift your hand. I know I'm saved. I know. Hands down. How many others would say, I'm not sure that I'm saved, but I don't hate God, and I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved before it's too late. Lift your hand right now. I see one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to call you name six. I see six. I'm going to pray for these six. I'm not going to call their names. I I don't know their names. And I will not come back there and grab you or anything. I just want to pray for you. I'm going to stay right up here, pray for you. But there's six. Are there others who will say, if you're going to pray for these six, please include me? I'm not sure I'm saved, but I don't hate God. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved before I die. Lift your hand for prayer right now. I see one, two, three, four, five, six more. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for these 12. Before I do, one more time, I want to be sure everyone who wants to be included is included. As I pray for you, that God will help you to come to him. If you just seem be lost and stay in the hog pen and finally go to hell, die and go to hell, then you leave your hand down. But if you're not sure you're saved, but you'd like to be, you really and truly want to be saved. You don't hate God. You want to be saved. You want your sins forgiven. You want to be His child. You want to belong to Him. Lift your hand for prayer if you've not lifted it already. If you've lifted it already, no need to. But there's there's seven, that's that's eight, uh, excuse me, that's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Amen. Praise God. Now listen, those twelve. Those 12, if you are really serious, I want you to look up at me right now. That's right. Just look up. You 12 that lifted your hand, just look up. I uh, look where you can see my face, okay? Just look at my face. And that's good because I want you to see me, okay? I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to, to listen carefully. And you can you can nod your head or shake your head, but don't, don't say anything out loud because I don't want you to be embarrassed. If you tell people that you, you sometime later, that's fine, but not. I don't want you to, to say anything out loud right now. Do you who are looking at me, do you believe that God loves you even though you've sinned against him? If you believe that, nod your head. Don't lift your hand or say anything. Just nod your head. Shake. Your head. Do you believe he loves you? Even if you've sinned against him, you believe he loves you? Amen. No, no, number two. Do you believe that Jesus died for you and that he has the power to save you? you believe he does? Did he die for you? Does he have the power to save you? If you believe that, just nod your head. you believe it? Amen? All right, listen. If you ask him to come into your life and forgive your sin and save your soul, do you believe that he would keep his promise and forgive you and save you when you ask him to do it do you believe that if you do nod your head you believe it do you want him to do it you want him to forgive you and save you back in the back do you want him to do you want him to if you do then let's bow our heads again and close our eyes and talk to him i'm going to pray I'm going to ask him to help you do this. I'm not going to ask him to save you. You need to ask him to save you. That's what you need to do now. I'm going to ask him to help you do that. So with your head bowed, your eyes closed, talk to him. Tell him you're a sinner, that you can't save yourself. Ask him to save you. Tell him you trust him to do it. Heavenly Father. I come to thee in the precious name of Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one of these here who have indicated that they want to be saved to come to thee in their hearts right now and say to thee, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself from hell, but I know you love me and died for me. You have the power to forgive me and save me from hell. So right now, Lord, I trust you as my Savior. And, Lord, help them to ask you and trust you right now to forgive them and save them. And I know, Lord, that they'll ask you and trust you to save them. You'll do it. You did it for me and millions of others. You promised in the Bible that you would save them if they call upon your name. So help them right now, Lord, just to ask you and trust you to save them. And, Lord, I'm going to praise you for it. Now with every head still bowed, those of you that were looking at me a moment ago, silently talk to the Lord. Tell Him you know you've sinned. He knows you have, but He wants you to admit it. Tell Him you can't save yourself. He knows you can't, but He wants you to admit it. Thank Him for dying on the cross for you. And bearing your sin and all the penalty and all the guilt of your sin. Ask him to come into your life and save you. Not just help you or guide you or help you to save yourself. But ask him to save you. Tell him you trust him. And you trust him only to save you. Thank him for saving you tonight. Thank him. And those 12 look up again right now. I want you to look at my fingers. Three things I want to check on. Number one, did you ask the Lord to save you just then? Did you ask him to save you when you bowed your head? If you did, let me know. You know you did. Amen. Number two, do you trust him to forgive you and save you? He said he would. You believe he did? You believe he did? You believe he did? You believe he did? Praise God. You believe he did? How about you? Praise God. Number three, are you ashamed of Jesus? Are you ashamed of him? You're not? You sure are not ashamed of him? In other words, if you're not ashamed of him, would you mind if these other people here knew that you've been saved tonight? Or would you be ashamed of him? You're not ashamed of him? You're sure. All right, those three things then. If you ask him to save you and you believe he did and you're not ashamed of him, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are because you said you weren't ashamed. If you ask the Lord tonight to save you and you believe he did. Now, you are serious. You're serious. In other words, you're not just playing games. You're serious. Is that right? You're serious. All right, listen. If you're serious and you really trust him and you are not ashamed of him, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are and come to the pastor right now. And in a moment, we're going to have prayer. So if you ask the Lord to save you and you're not ashamed of him, you know it did it, then you step out and come right now. Uh, your Praise God away. for these right
2: here. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, Amen. Come right now, Amen. Hallelujah, Church. Could we make some noise tonight for the Lord and for these that come tonight? Amen. Amen. Now,
3: Hallelujah. I, will, I, I want to. I want to do this before the pastor comes. I want to ask you to pray again, and I'm going to give. I want to say the words, and I want you to say the words after me then those words are not back to me they're just after me you say the words i say but you direct say, oh, those Jesus. words to the lord amen okay so what you're saying is what is what you're saying is to the lord okay and i will i will give you the words now bow your head close your eyes say lord i thank you for loving me lord i thank you for loving me Say it out loud, every, every one of you, and i do it again, okay, so you understand what we're doing, okay? Lord, I thank you for loving me. Lord,
2: I thank you for loving me. I
3: know I've sinned. I
2: know I've sinned. I can't,
3: I can't save myself. But I ask you right now to come into my heart. I ask you to, now to come in my Forgive home. my sin.
2: Forgive my sin.
3: Save my soul. Save
2: my soul.
3: Live through me.
2: Live through me.
3: May I serve you the rest of my life. May
2: I serve you the rest I of my life.
3: I belong to you.
2: I belong to you.
3: Thank you for saving me. Thank
2: you for saving me.
3: And help me to show others how to be saved. And help me to show others how to be saved. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
2: Let's give these a big round of applause. Now, yeah. Guys, we right now, guys, right now we...
3: How, how many of you prayed that prayer? Raise your hand. Amen. Raise your prayed hand if you prayed, prayed that then. prayer. Yeah, you, you prayed that prayer. Amen. How many of you believe that the Lord did forgive you and save you tonight? Amen. Praise Amen. God. Now we're going to turn it over to the pastor. Amen. Go ahead and take over.
2: Guys, we have these decision cards, and Mary and Vicky are going to pass these out. And I want you guys to fill those out before you leave tonight. You made a decision, the best decision of your life. What an amazing revival that we just had. <laughs> let me slide by you real quick. Stay where you are at. Stay where you are at. Excuse me. Let, me. let me slide up here real quick. Pass those cards out, guys. There's some down there. There's pens. Fill those out. Let's know who you are. Give Dr. Gene a big round of applause. Amen. <laughs> Nolan, would you come assist him to his table? Back there.